Chapter 51 Shri Sai Sacharita In this chapter there are the biographies of Hari Sitaram Dikshit Tembe Swami and Balaram Durandar A short sketch of their lives are given here Hari Sitaram Dikshit The dates are 1864 to 1926 A whole book can be written on Dikshit's life however I will narrate the salient features of his life here Hari Sitaram Dikshit alias Kaka Saheb Dikshit was a well-known solicitor of Mumbai active in public life who was persuaded to visit Sai Baba in 1909 by his friend Nana Saheb Nimonkar Dikshit was largely responsible for the establishment and progress of the Shirdi Sai Baba Sansthan the affairs of which were managed by him as honorary secretary very ably and enthusiastically up to the time of his death on 5th July 1926 he was also responsible for drawing a large number of devotees to Shirdi he also took care of the Sai Leela Masik the Marathi monthly magazine of Shri Sai Baba Sansthan till July 1926 Dikshit was born in 1864 to Nagari Brahmin parents enjoying a high position and affluence at Khandwa and was a leading solicitor at Bombay and his name frequently appeared in the law reports and in the press as distinguishing himself as an able advocate in sensational cases like the bhavnagar exposures etc about 1906 he went to england and there had an accident in which his leg was injured in spite of repeated efforts the injury could not be cured the limping impeded free movement and there was pain if he walked a few furlongs not only did it make him look awkward but it also made him less fit for his numerous activities personal domestic political legal and public and thus had the double effect of giving him an inferiority complex and a disgust for these aspects of life thus preparing him for the nobler and holier life about 1909 nana saheb chandorkar advised him to go to see sai baba the wonderful divine personality at shirdi who would cure his lameness The same year he went to Ahmednagar in connection with some council election business to the house of Sardar Kaka Saheb Mirikar who was a Sai Bhakta and who had with him a huge picture of Sai Baba Dikshit saw the picture and his reverence was heightened learning of Dikshit's desire to go to Baba He, the Sardar sent for Madhav Rao Deshpande 
Baba's constant companion, who had gone to Ahmadnagar and asked him to take Dikshit to Baba. Accordingly, Shama took him to Sai Baba in 1909. This very first experience which Dikshit had in connection with Baba strengthened his attachment to and admiration for Baba, especially because he had from infancy a great desire to be with sadhus and saints. He repeated his visits to Shirdi frequently and in 1910 resolved to have a building of his own there. After receiving Baba's blessings, the foundation stone was laid for the Vada on 10th December 1910, popularly known afterwards as Dikshit Vada. The work was pushed through and completed in five months, that is, in April 1911. From the very beginning, Kaka wanted only a small room for himself upstairs on the first floor for Ekant Dhyana or solitude and meditation. The rest of the building was used by pilgrims who stayed there and also dined in the Bhojanalai there. Though Dikshit's original idea was to go to Baba for the cure of his lameness, he soon gave up the idea and said, Lameness of this body does not matter much and wanted Sai Baba to cure the lameness of his mind. Sai made distinct promises to Dikshit, whom he always called Kaka, meaning uncle. As many persons called him Kaka, Sai Baba also called him Kaka. One of the earlier notable statements of Baba was, I will take my Kaka in a Vimana, meaning thereby that he would give Kaka a happy end, that is, Anayasa Maranam and Satgati. Baba did give him both, as we shall see from what happened to him in the end. Baba distinctly undertook the full care of Dikshit and his family to enable him to carry out his spiritual work. Baba's express words to Kaka were, Kaka, Tula Kalsi Kasli, Mala Sara Kalsi Ahit. That is, Kaka, why should you have any anxiety or care? All care and responsibilities are now mine. Baba took care of Dikshit's spiritual and temporal life. He made him isolate himself for a period of nine months spending his entire time reading spiritual scriptures. He asked him to read Eknath Bhagwat and Bhavartha Ramayan, so Dikshit made a thorough study of these texts, which he continued reading till he passed away. Thus Dikshit achieved perfect Vairagya. Kaka's life is an example of utmost love devotion, obedience to the Guru's word and a state of Siddha Prajna. So obedient was he that he would place chits before Baba's photograph 
and follow them no matter what. On 5th July 1926, that is on Ekadashi, he was starting from Ville Parle to go to Dr. Deshmukh's dispensary at Mumbai to see his ailing son Ramakrishna. Anna Saib Dabulkar had spent with him some time in excellent bhajan and reading of the Poti, and they then went to the station. When they, along with Tendulkar, reached there after the scheduled time, they found that the train was late, and it arrived just in time for them to catch it. Both of them and Anna Saib Dabulkar got in, and the words which came from Dikshit's mouth were, Anna Saib, just see how merciful Baba is. He has given us this train at this minute. He has not made us wait even a minute for it. He then took out from his pocket a timetable and said, Baba had made the train come late and enabled us to catch it or else we would have been stranded at Kolaba and would have been frustrated. So, this is Sai's grace. Thus, sitting, facing Anna Saib, Kaka remembered Baba's loving grace and appeared to fall asleep. Dabulkar first thought that he was sleeping. When he went near him to hold his head and asked him, saying, Are you sleeping? There was no reply. Then Dabulkar feared that Kaka had fainted. Making Kaka lie down, Dabulkar noted the apparently hopeless condition of Kaka Saib Dikshit. The train was speeding from station to station. Anna Saib told his friend Tendulkar in the carriage that he should tell the guard so that they may carry down Kaka's body from the carriage. But as there was a huge crowd and heavy rain, he could not do this at Bandra, and so only at Mahim he got down and told the guard. The guard arranged by phone to Parel for a stretcher and a doctor, and at Parel the body was taken out. The doctor examined the body and said that life was extinct. On account of the suddenness of the death, they would have had difficulties of an inquest, but luckily they got the doctor's certificate and the body was committed to the care of Anna Saib Dabulkar. The main point for us to see is how Baba carried out the undertaking to carry Kaka in a Vimana. There was no pain, no fear or struggle before life departed from the body. His was a happy death even from the worldly standpoint, but from the spiritual point of view, it was a highly blissful end. The death in such circumstances meant Sadgati, that is, a blessed future for the soul. According to the Gita, what a man thinks of at the time of his death, that he becomes in his next birth. Here, Kaka was thinking of his Guru at the close of life, 
as the wonderful god that delayed the train for him so the mood of gratitude and love towards sai was the mood in which he passed away now i shall give a short account of vasudevanand saraswati followed by the story of balaram dhurandar vasudevanand saraswati the dates are 1854 to 1914 he was also known as tembe swami a saint who is regarded as an incarnation of lord dattatreya his parents were devoted to dattatreya and his father ganesh bhatt tembe spent 12 years at gangapur temple in karnataka his mother ramabai also spent her time in religious pursuits like japa pradikshina atiti satkar etc after a long stay of 12 years in gangapur dattatreya appeared in his dream and instructed ganesh bhatt to return to managao and lead the life of a householder promising to incarnate as his son it was after his return from gangapur that his eldest son vasudev was born on shravan vadiya 5 shake 1776 at 4:30 am at managao near savantwadi maharashtra at the age of 3 years vasudev started attending the private school held in yakshini temple in the village he had to learn writing with his fingers on a layer of dust and that was a very painful practice apart from the secular education in the school vasudev also received traditional oral education from his grandfather hari bhartembe with a sharp intellect and quick memory vasudev soon mastered the basics of sanskrit grammar and poetry in 1875 at the age of 21 he was married to bayo later renamed annapurna bai the daughter of baba ji pant gode from ranjangad he established the datta mandir in managao in 1883 the construction of the sanctum was carried out with his own hands the datta idol in the temple was given to him by a sculptor at kagal who said that dattatreya had appeared in his dreams and ordered him to make the idol for the maharaj as per his specifications he was an expert sanskrit scholar right from childhood he traveled across the country for 23 years strictly following the harsh discipline of sanyas ashram however all people had equal access to him there was no discrimination in spite of his personal strict code of purity people of all castes were recipients of his grace and he was very sensitive and listened sympathetically to their sorrows and grievances and provided counsel which if followed would remove or relieve their sufferings 
He has authored around 19 books like Dwe Shatastri Guru Charitra in 1889 Datta Puran in 1892 Datta Mahatmya in 1901 and Sapta Shati Guru Charitra Sar in 1904 and many more The holy book Shri Guru Charitra was not supposed to be read by women according to maharaj hence for women to gain knowledge of the book he wrote the saptashate guru charitra sar a short version of the guru charitra he took sanyas 13 days after his wife's death in 1891 at the banks of the river godavari when a sanyasi appeared across the river administered his vows of sanyas later he was given the danda or monastic scepter by narayan anand saraswati of ujjaini maharaj was originally scheduled to depart on the dark 8th of jeshta month however he did not prefer to go that day then he announced once today's amavasya ends this body has to quit accordingly as soon as amavasya gave way to the bright pratipada of ashad maharaj sat facing the lord of the west performed tarak or steady gaze controlled breathing and quit his body with a loud chant of om the day was tuesday nakshatra aradha ashad shuddha pratipada His body was immersed in the Narmada river. His samadhi or tomb was built on the bank of the river at Garudeshwar, Gujarat. There is a famous Datta mandir in the same place. Now I shall narrate the story of the coconut which he gave to Pundalik Rao as a gift to Sai Baba. Then I shall narrate the story of Balaram Durandar Mr Pundalik Rao pleader of Nanded Nizam state went to see him with some friends while they were talking with him the names of Shirdi and Sai Baba were casually mentioned hearing baba's name the swami bowed with his hands and taking a coconut gave it to Pundalik Rao and said offer this to my brother Sai with my pranam and request him not to forget me but to ever love me he also added that swamis do not generally bow to others but in this case an exception had to be made mr pundalik rao consented to take the fruit and the message to baba the swami was right in calling baba a brother for as he maintained an agnihotra or sacred fire day and night in his orthodox fashion baba too kept his agnihotra that is dhunimai ever burning in the masjid after one month pandali krao and others came to shirdi with the coconut and came to manmad and as they felt thirsty They went to the rivulet for drinking water. As water should not be drunk on an empty stomach, 
they took out the refreshment that was chuda or flattened rice mixed with spice the chuda tasted most pungent and in order to soften it someone suggested and broke the coconut and mixed its scraping with it thus they made the chuda more tasty and palatable unfortunately the fruit broken turned out to be the same that was entrusted to pundalik rao as the neared shirdi pundalik remembered the trust that is the coconut and was very sorry to learn that he had broken and utilized it fearing and trembling he came to shirdi and saw baba baba had already received a wireless message regarding the coconut from tembe swami and himself asked pundalik rao first to give the thing sent by his brother pundalik held fast baba's feet confessed his guilt and negligence repented and asked for baba's pardon he offered to give another fruit as a substitute but baba refused to accept it saying that the worth of that coconut was far far many times more than the ordinary one and that it could not be replaced by another baba also added now you need not worry yourself any more about the matter it was on account of my wish that the coconut was entrusted to you and ultimately broken on the way why should you take the doership of actions do not entertain the sentence of doership in doing good as well as bad deeds be entirely prideless and egoless in all and thus your spiritual progress will be rapid and there i end the story of tembe swami balaram durandar the dates are 1878 to 1926 balaram durandar belonged to the pathare prabhu community of santa cruz mumbai he was an advocate of the bombay high court and sometime principal of the government law school in mumbai the whole durandar family were pious and religious balaram served his community and wrote and published an account of it he then turned his attention to spiritual and religious matters he studied carefully the gita and the commentary gnaneshwari and other philosophical and metaphysical works he was a devotee of vithala of pandarpur he came in contact with sai baba in 1912 six months previously his brother papuji and vaman rao came to shirdi and took baba's darshan they returned home and mentioned the sweet experiences to balaram and the other members then they all decided to visit shirdi and have darshan of sai baba before they came to shirdi baba declared openly that today many of my darbar people are coming the durandar brothers were astonished to hear this remark as 
they had not given any previous intimation of their trip. All the other people prostrated themselves before Baba and sat talking with him. Baba said to them, These are my Darbar people to whom I referred to before and said to the Durandar brothers, We are acquainted with each other for the last sixty generations. All the brothers were meek and modest and stood with joined hands staring at Baba's feet. All the sattvic emotions such as tears, choking, etc. moved them and they were all happy. Then they went to their lodging, took their meals and after taking a little rest, came again to the masjid. Balaram sat near Baba massaging his legs. Baba, who was smoking the chillam, advanced it to him and beckoned him to smoke it. Balaram was not accustomed to smoking. Still, he accepted the pipe and smoked it with great difficulty and returned it reverentially with a bow. This was the most auspicious moment for Balaram. He was suffering from asthma for six years. This smoke completely cured him of the disease, which never troubled him again. Some six years later, on a particular day, he again got an attack of asthma. This was precisely the time when Baba took Mahasamadhi. The day of his visit was on a Thursday, and the Durandar brothers had the good fortune of witnessing the Chaudi procession that night. At the Aarti function in the Chaudi, Balaram saw the luster of Pandurang on Baba's face, and next morning at the Kakad Aarti time also, the same phenomenon and the same luster of his beloved deity Pandurang was visible again on Baba's face. Balaram Durandar wrote in Marathi the life of the Maharashtra saint Tukaram, but he did not survive to see its publication. It was published later on by his brothers in 1928. In the short note on Balaram's life given in the beginning of the book, the above account of Balaram's visit has been fully described. And this concludes the commentary on the chapter. Om Sai Ram